Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin! Hello and welcome to episode 3 of, you just heard it, For Christ's Sake, Anakin. We are coming at you from sunny suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we have a great show today. We have our first guest on. We got my brother, Jamie, all the way from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. And he, he's in town for the week. And uh, we watched the Clone Wars series uh, for over the last few months before he moved out west. And immediately after, we thought, okay, we got to do, got to do a podcast on this. In fact, that was the, part of the initial idea of starting this podcast. So we're three episodes in. Hopefully, I've established what this thing is about. This week isn't going to be so much necessarily an explicitly Christian themed podcast. It's going to be following my pattern, alternating. We're just going to talk about the Clone Wars and what we thought about it, what we, how much we loved it, what we didn't, weren't so crazy about, who knows. Um, but first, how are you doing, Jamie? I'm good. I'm uh, real honored to be here. I've done a lot of <clears throat> podcasting on my own uh, about hockey more than anything, so it's uh, very interesting to be podcasting about something other than hockey. Well, you know, it's it, kind of like if, if I came on one of your hockey podcasts, I guess maybe if we did a soccer podcast, I think... That might be closer because yeah, you you you're not you're not an idiot when it comes to Star Wars. You know what you're talking about too. You've seen them all. <laughs> I have thoughts and feelings. Your thoughts and feelings, and we're going to talk about those thoughts and feelings. But first, got to get to more recent news. Uh, you know, just following again the pattern that I like to establish. Forces of Destiny is this new series of an- animated two minute shorts, and then. In a few in a few months, there's going to be a half hour feature uh, related to the Clone Wars or different eras. <clears throat> sorry, different eras. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It's on the Disney YouTube channel. You can check it out. It's meant to focus on the women of Star Wars and how pivotal they are to the story and just different moments that related to what you know is familiar. You got Leia going from. Uh, meeting Wicket and the Ewoks to, you know, getting her dress and all that. It's aired, so I can spoil that for you. They're two-minute shorts. Go check them out. Jamie, you've seen most of them. We watched most of them. What do you think of Forces of Destiny? Well, I I think it's really good. I mean, I think um, it's always nice to see more richness added to the Ahsoka story. Uh Um, I think, you know... Obviously, has Padme elements and Leia Skywalker elements um, to it, and, but I think people know and understand those characters to a great uh, depth at this point. Not that those clips weren't bad, but uh, I think anytime you can add richness to the already pretty rich Ahsoka story, just because Ahsoka, mm-hmm. you know, isn't familiar to everybody in the Star Wars world, because obviously, if you've seen you know, just the movies, the Hollywood, you know, movies, and you have no idea who Ahsoka Tano is. But, um, you know, the more that you can kind of put her in that vein of strong, independent women, as it were, within the series and, and add more stories to her, uh, her her onion, add more layers to her onion, as it, as it were, I think it's good. So I really enjoyed the Ahsoka ones, especially. Yeah, and those, those two episodes, she's got, she got two episodes in there, and they're set... And Ashley Eckstein, who who voiced Ahsoka in both 
the series, Clone Wars series, and in spoiler in Rebels, and and in these, uh, she also came back to do uh, these Forces of Destiny episodes, and they're set in the Clone. And actually, she was excited; she got to revisit the Ahsoka that everyone knows and loves, and Cat Tabor comes back as Padme, and 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 uh, they even get Matt Lanter as uh, as Anakin in there. So definitely indebted to the Clone Wars, this whole anime, Star Wars animation itself. Rebels are moving on to another thing. We don't quite know what. But that's a great segue because Dave Filoni is involved in uh, Forces of Destiny. Again, Ashley Eckstein, Kat Tabor, uh, also involved in, in Forces of Destiny, along, of course, with uh, Felicity Jones and Daisy Ridley reprising their characters. Got a shout out to Jennifer Mura. She did a fantastic job crafting these little stories, very concise, with a great message. But this is a great segue. Clone Wars. Uh, Dave Filoni, Kai Tabor, uh, Ashley Eckstein, all the cast brings us back to uh, to that great beloved show that maybe wasn't so beloved at first, but really grew on us. Uh, so just letting you guys know, <clears throat> this will be. We are going to get into spoilers here. This is the spoiler warning. Consider yourself warned. Uh, last episode, I mentioned kind of about, I, I hinted at, you know, the role of Ahsoka and her absence in uh, in Anakin's story. We're going to hopefully get into that a little more. So if you haven't seen Clone Wars and you don't want to be spoiled, shut this off. Go spend the next month watching Clone Wars. I think it's still on Netflix. Just binge it. Do it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, come back and listen to this guy. Or... If, I, if I'm not able to, to leave it up on the SoundCloud because of all the, the free uh, content thing, uh, send me a line. I'll send you the episode. So Clone Wars. Uh, Jamie, what did you think of the first few seasons? <laughs> yeah, as you said, it's a show that kind of has to grow on you. I think the first little bit, I was like, man, what am I watching? <laughs> um I heard, I heard the word clankers just a few too many times, and, and Ahsoka calling R2-D2, R2-E! Just a few too many times, but, you know, the, all of that kind of, you know, really uh, has a great payoff, and, uh, and you know, it, it is fun to say clankers! Clankers! Because, the you know, it, it adds uh, a richness to who the clones are, and they go into that quite a lot, too, so, um, you know, I think it's... Uh, it's 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 okay the first couple seasons. I mean, I think it gets good pretty quickly. I mean, if you can push it the first season, for the most part, I, I think it's uh, it sort of lays a pretty good foundation because it is, you know, especially to someone like me who maybe hasn't read his every book like my brother or every cartoon like my <laughs> brother or comic or whatever it is. Uh, um, you know, it, you need some sort of foundation about what what the clones look like who they actually are as you know people and obviously that is one of the motifs with throughout the series in general and obviously we talked about spoilers alert but a lot of there are a lot of episodes that delve into the humanity of the clones and uh and i think more than anything that sets the foundation of the clones a and b which i mentioned earlier in this podcast kind of who ahsoka is to a small degree um and, and i'm sure what matthew would agree with is 
sort of Ahsoka is as much the main character of the uh, of the story as anybody. Um, and, uh, and and so yeah, you need that little foundation, even though mm-hmm. it it definitely seemed like it was trying to you know be a kids show, very much a kids show at the very beginning, and boy did that <laughs> change later. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I you know it was worth it. Yeah, I remember after halfway through some episodes saying this is not a kids show. This is yeah. <laughs> people getting blown up. This is intense military combat. This one arc with this corrupt Jedi who we, we learn is turned to the dark side. He's sending these beloved clones to their deaths just to, to mess them over. Uh, you mentioned Ahsoka. And, and that's a great place to start because, yeah, again, uh, it's been well documented that for the first few seasons, for the reasons you listed, people just did not take to her, especially a lot of a lot of people who weren't of her similar demographic. Yeah. She's this, this pipsqueak teenage girl who we can't relate to very well, which is tough because the whole point of the series, in a way, is we're watching it from her perspective. Um, we're seeing things from her view because we can, we at least at the very least, you know, we can't really relate to Anakin Obi Wan that much. We can to some degree, uh, especially trying to bring kids into. The, the series, but we then go on a ride with her. We go through uh, her relationship with Anakin. We go through uh, her becoming this Jedi that, you know, or, or learning to be a, this Jedi that uh, we, we basically grow up with her. And so we just want to think of your thoughts further on, uh, on the character of Ahsoka Tano and her role in the Star Wars saga overall. Well, I think uh, I think one thing that maybe is is hard to pick up and hard to get um, if you have just seen the the six movies or the seven movies of the of the arc, if you want to include the Force Awakens, is um, the imprint, the footprint that masters leave on their padawans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the big thing that the big challenge that Ahsoka has in her development as a Jedi is that there's such an insecurity uh, and an instability ingrained within Anakin um, that he's not quite sure that he is on board with the direction of the um, of the Jedi Council and and he you know he was he was trained sort of out of out of a place of rebellion in the first place by Obi-Wan who was you know told that Anakin was too old and and you know there was there was confusion and things like that sensed in Anakin from the beginning. So again, you see that sort of DNA as a Jedi of, of Ahsoka uh, of one of of instability and of self doubt and of insecurity. And you know I think really in essence Ahsoka has you know consistently you know very good motives. And, and I you know to some degree I have a hard time ever believing it when she has a conflict of, you know, between whether, you know, doing the the good thing, the right thing, the quote-unquote Jedi thing versus the dark side because she just seems like such a, a good, noble kind of character, you know, from start to finish. But that being said, there's certainly an element of instability yeah. and insecurity in her that's deep uh, based on the training that she's got from Anakin yeah. And, you know, part of that is the disdain, it seems, that Anakin has for, you know, the chain of command, for rules, for, 
you know, um, seeing, you know, ideals as highly important versus just simply getting the results in the war or getting the results in the specific mission um, and how that has an impact deeply on, um, as, you know, yourself moving forward as a Jedi. And, and I think she has, has to deal with that from a very early part of her training with Anakin. And, and so, yeah, I'll come back for a full circle. She, she has that embedded insecurity and it's embedded because of who her master is and who your master is has a lot of impact on who you become as a Jedi throughout, um, throughout the series. You mentioned the word insecurity. Uh, what do you mean by insecurity? Cause I, when I see it, I see more as a boldness and a confidence just to go out there and, take risks and I mean there's the one arc where she basically takes Artui and uh, I think am I, maybe I'm mixing this up but uh, Anakin's stranded and she goes out to find him or it's the other around uh, then there's the other that the great moment with Anakin at the end of uh, one of the Mandalorian arcs where they're, Obi-Wan is trying to get Satine to safety and then there's these Death Watch guards and Obi Wan's trying to be all peaceful and pacifist and all that. Uh, Anakin just comes from up from behind and stabs him. Like you see a blue lightsaber and dun 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 da da. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great point that you. She definitely Osaka definitely picks up on that. Um, talk about her her and the end of her arc. Then uh, maybe maybe. Put in your own words what happens, and then uh, how does that impact the saga going forward? You mean how does the whole series end? Basically? Uh, yeah, the series end. And I, I mentioned this in the last episode, but this is a great place to talk about it. Well, I mean, I think she's. The, what I mean by insecurity is that Anakin is constantly at odds with what it means to be a Jedi, and and I think by the end where she is you know, feels completely betrayed because in her mind, she's such a good uh, light side, yeah. uh, you know, type of person and Jedi that the fact that the Jedi Order could get a situation so wrong where, you know, she didn't do anything wrong, yet they went on a very serious chase to try to bring her in, you know, while being framed, obviously, um, but she, you know, she she has to deal with the fact that um, the thing that she believed in, that the Jedi Council can see all and understands all and is wise and wouldn't make a mistake, like you know, taking a serious hunt of of a completely innocent Jedi that's done nothing to deserve it. Um, you know, that's just sort of the culmination of of this at odds with Anakin, where Anakin is. Um, you know, not necessarily doesn't trust, you know, the council doesn't trust uh, that the force, the living force will enact its will to a degree. Um, he has to be in control. He has to do the thing that takes control. He can't trust. Um, he can't trust that the living force will make its will happen. That's interesting. <laughs> um, and she yeah. is, you know, confronted with the reality that she... Uh, she was wrong about, you know, how capable the Jedi Order is at interpreting the will of the Force and interpreting yeah. the reality of situations. And um, I think what it does is add a further richness and, you know, 
Matthew is talking about going out and watching, you know, the Clone Wars series, and I cannot recommend highly enough going out and reading Pelagius. Yeah. Um, because you know, watching, reading Pelagius and watching the Clone Wars together, I think if you're going to sort of pick sure two things, <laughs> if you're going to pick two things to do that Ooh. will help you understand the depths, the absolute depths of what is absolutely wrong with the Jedi Order and and how a situation could happen where Yoda and the Council can't see Darth Vader coming in Anakin. Um, that explains it. I mean, you know, Yoda and the Council come across as these people that can kind of see all through the Force by meditation, you know, by their wisdom. Um, but Pelagus and this Clone Wars series uh, sort of shows you the depths of, of how their vision could be so clouded. You know, we see little hints of it in the movies. Yeah. where Yoda just says the dark side is clouding our vision and all sorts of things mm. and whatnot. But how could that happen? How could that be? And I had those questions. Sure. And uh, and that, and, you know, the lack of an answer for that is sort of how Ahsoka ends up saying, you know, what, like, I can't be part of this Jedi Order anymore if what I believe in them in terms of their capability of seeing the realities at play in the world and in the universe, I should say, uh, is is a lie and it's not true. They can't mm-hmm. see everything clearly enough, and people are dying. Innocent people are getting in trouble, um, and so I yeah I just think my thesis statement is the depth of the situation of all of Star Wars up until you know obviously the end of the Return of the Jedi are made clear. Yeah, I mean it definitely. Uh, I mean, it was part of the whole. I mean. Part of why I'm a prequelist is, and Clone Wars definitely helped me clarify, you know, what's going on in Episode Three. When, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Well, he's not just spewing you know, deranged, I don't know, <laughs> drunk on evil power. I mean, he is a little bit. He's, he's finally being cathartic in a way. But yeah, I mean, this whole episode with Ahsoka being framed and the fact that. The dark side is clouding things, and the Jedi act anyway. And Mace Windu goes off and, and does his, his violent rampages anyways. And even Yoda, I think, to some extent, feels trapped within both this commitment to light and commitment to actually being the defenders of peace and justice in the galaxy, and yet that's become so twisted by serving the needs of the Grand Army of the Republic. Um, definitely <laughs> fodder for multiple episodes, but uh, let's get to, to Anakin. Let's continue talking about him um, You know, as the, the, fo- the, the central focus of this podcast, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Uh, what, do you, Jimmy, what do you think of, of his character? What do you think the Clone Wars, other parts of the Clone Wars brought to his story? Even his relationship with Padme and uh, thinking about the Mortis arc, which yeah, <laughs> has so much to talk about. We there, need, we're gonna have an episode by itself on Mortis. Yeah, and then a lot of people do. But uh, what what do you think about Anakin and the Mortis arc and his destiny and his character? Well, I think Anakin is somebody that, uh, for all his power, which is quite powerful, he is. Um, he is almost like a very powerful horse in my vision. What I mean by that is he's, in my opinion, he's somebody that really 
you know, puts on blinders easily mm. and has a hard time seeing the big picture when he has a mission, when the Jedi say, go capture this bad guy, you know, you know, do it this way carefully or, you know, with honor like the Jedi are supposed to or, you know, he says, yeah, yeah, kind of whatever. I'll do it. I'll, <laughs> I'll do what I want kind of thing over and over and over again. And, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of, um, uh, you know, obviously you want to compare it to, uh, you know, him sort of like a Christ-like figure. Obviously that concept is not, you know, new in the fact that, you know, he you know, ultimately sacrifices his life in Return of the Jedi, yeah. you know, to bring that balance of the Force that Qui-Gon Jinn was so convinced of, you know, in Episode 1 and before, um, if you read the Pelagus book, yeah. um, which I know is canon, but I don't really care because it, I it's, love it. It's canon until contradictory. <laughs> it's, canon, it's canon for me and it always will be because it's, <laughs> it's an amazing piece of, of literature. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think in the midst of having that sort of horse blinder mentality of, I'll get I need to get the job done at all costs and when the dark side within him or you know whoever whispers in his ear and says you know Anakin like these people are just trying to hold you back you know you're powerful enough to just get this job done by hacking everybody <laughs> else to bits who says that <laughs> basically yeah. you know you you, you can you're, these people are just holding you back like the Jedi are holding you back mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know that that presence of I guess if you're if you're kind of if you're a Christian out there, you, a lot of Christian Christians sort of believe that you know Satan whispers in our ears a lot and mm. and can't actually force us to do anything, but whispers to us and says, and yeah, Palpatine and Satan. There's an episode for you. <laughs> but um, I think Anakin, you know, within the context of the Clone Wars, has all these you know horse blinder opportunities to be. Uh, to just sort of be his own boss and things turn out so okay for him by the end of so many episodes uh, after he's kind of done it his own way and not necessarily followed what the council says and what Yoda says and and uh, and what Obi-Wan says for sure and that Obi-Wan's ability to kind of control him or remind him of what a, what a Jedi is really wears Anakin down, I think, in terms of his morality and in terms of his um, ability to see the to see the bigger picture. And mm-hmm. and I think that's, you know, perhaps a case of, of war in itself. I mean, I think war has uh, an effect on anybody that's involved in it as a combatant. I mean, even though it is hacking up machines, which I think is pretty convenient for the Jedi and for the... Mm-hmm. For the clone side, is that you know it's it's not hard to it's easy to see the the hunks of metal droids as as you know just sort of cannon fodder, which they were meant to be literally clearly. cannon fodder. But um, <laughs> I still think it had an impact on uh, on Anakin fighting that war and mm. and not you know really having too hard of a time just kind of hacking his way through everything and and not having to really account for the way he conducted himself as a Jedi and. Uh, you know, Anakin becomes somebody that can't see, uh, you know, what he's becoming until it's kind of too late. And I don't right. think he cares because it's all just kind of going well for him. Whereas maybe if it was in a peacetime situation, the lessons that Obi-Wan and Yoda can give him could have been more measured and more controlled. And, yeah. and they could have harnessed what they maybe knew about him or suspected of him and guided him in a more helpful way. Um, but it was a war 
he's a great general, he's a great pilot, he gets the job done. And uh, so they kind of lost sight of the bigger picture because they were trying to win this war. As Matthew likes to talk about, you know, a lot about, um, you know, the how the Jedi Order kind of got lost in being the generals of the armies of the clones. And, uh, you know, I think that had a bigger effect on Anakin than anybody because he started with such an unstable base, you know, being a slave and and everything that happened to Qui-Gon and, and all that. Yeah, I, and her mom and I just watched Attack of the Clones, and afterwards I said, and in that, I mean, it's so clear just how unstable and, and unhinged he can get. I mean, going through with the the Sand People after his mother dies and all that. And, and I was telling her parents, they asked, why why did they let him let him still fight and stick around? Why didn't they hold him back? Uh, oddly enough, they didn't hold him back. I mean, Palpatine's bald-faced lie. They didn't hold him back. Uh, sit him down, you're not ready. They needed him. He was, as, as, as Obi-Wan says at the beginning of New Hope, a cunning warrior. He was an excellent military strategist. Him and uh, the Admiral, I'm blanking on his name. He's also in, in on the Death, dies on the Death Star, but that's another story. Uh, they they uh, make a great team, and, and him and, and of course the five will first, and and all the that camaraderie. Uh, they they needed him. They were they could trust him in a lot of ways to to get the job done, but in ways that led to the dark side, and uh, that and we see that so many times in Clone Wars, and it definitely flashes it out. I mean, the biggest contribution Clone Wars makes, I think, to the Star Wars saga is that you you watch Revenge of the Sith again, and when we first watched Revenge of the Sith, we all thought, oh, this turning scene is kind of out of the blue. It's out of thin air. You watch Clone Wars, it is not out of thin air. It is a decades of Palpatine whispering in Anakin's ear, and Anakin, towards the end, towards these last three years, just continually pushing the boundaries of what is... Not just what is smart, but what is wise. And the ultimate example that force sensitivity, the, the Jedi thinking force sensitivity is this pure mechanical power when really what Yoda and Obi-Wan are, are meditating on for 20 years in exile, it's really wisdom first. And doesn't matter, you know, yeah, your, your midichlorian count counts for something. Pun intended, not really. <laughs> your midichlorian <laughs> count has some impact there, but... Uh, it's how you use it. It's the wisdom you, with which you use it. And that's the thing about Qui-Gon, for example, to contrast Qui-Gon and Anakin. Uh, and, and I'll get to our next episode. We'll be talking about Qui-Gon Jinn and John the Baptist and going back to our, our Christian parallel series. But, I mean, Qui-Gon, like Anakin, mindful of the living force, was a rogue... Jedi, not too hot on what the council wanted and the structures and institutions, but he had wisdom and he had reverence for what the living force wanted and what was what was going on. And whereas Anakin, I mean, at times he does, but you never get the sense that, I mean, you get the sense that he is loyal to Ahsoka and to Padme and to Obi-Wan, but... Man, I can... I can the, the, the impetus for my, op- the, my little opening... Uh, for this podcast, I, I really want my dream is to get James Arnold Taylor to 
do his Obi-Wan voice and saying, for Christ's sake, Anakin, or something like that. We'll see. I might actually, the plan is to ask James Earl Taylor a bunch of questions. I doubt he'll be willing to come on the podcast, but you never know. Uh, speaking of which, what do you think of our good man Obi-Wan Kenobi? And uh, throughout the series, you know, fleshing out that character, uh, what did you find interesting and surprising? Well, I think, I mean, uh, I think Obi-Wan is somebody that, again, is quite good at being a soldier. Um, not in the same way as Anakin. He's much more of a commander, much more of the commanding troops from the back kind of, you know, take things cautious, take things patient. I think his character was written to be a contrast on purpose to Anakin, you know, every time you can predict it kind of thing. Okay, Anakin, be careful. You know, let's not go in pell-mell. Let's not just hack everybody to bits. Like, and then, like, Anakin's like, ah, oh, blah, you're a big They actually get you to do the impression instead. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, like, that kind of, like, there are motifs that happen on purpose to compare and contrast. But, uh, you know, I think to some degrees, Obi-Wan is... Um, somebody with obviously a great more experience of mm. taking time, understanding what it means to be a Jedi beyond a commander in the wars. I mean, yeah. Anakin has no experience in being a Jedi when the war isn't on. Right. Really, That's I true. mean, Obi Wan has some, not not a, not a ton, because obviously it all kind of goes down pretty quickly when he's still a Padawan himself mm-hmm. of uh, Qui-Gon. And uh, I think in many ways, Obi-Wan is trying to figure out how to deal with the responsibility of being Anakin's, you know, lead, guide, I guess. They, you know, they become certainly, at least in Anakin's eyes, very much equals mm-hmm. pretty quickly throughout the series. And, yeah. and, you know, he realizes, Anakin realizes without saying it, how much more... Know, powerful and you know strong he is uh it see or at least he thinks he is than obi-wan <laughs> um and he you know you really see that resentment in that relationship between anakin and obi-wan as anakin just thinks that obi-wan is being short-sighted and being boring and just um you know telling him to be cautious when being cautious has never stopped anakin from being successful against these hunk of metal <laughs> droids which i never you know never cease to just be amazed at how terribly it seems like the Roger, droids Roger. Com- like Roger, conduct Roger. themselves in these wars, <laughs> uh, in these battles, just kind of over and over again. No matter what the odds are, the Jedi always seem to just kind of hack their way through, and the droids and the clones even, you know, don't seem to have a ton of trouble with them unless it's absolutely ridiculous, overwhelming yeah. odds. But um, which is the idea with the, the droids and kind of like the Tie Fighters? Yeah. But I think but. I think and Obi Wan has some context of. Of light of what the living force is looking for, based on his training from mm-hmm. Qui Gon, and uh, but he he's very much struggling uh, throughout the whole series. I think it's a big colossal uphill battle for Obi Wan the whole series, trying to understand how to guide and yeah. lead Anakin, who's an animal that's just refusing to be guided right. and refusing to take a pause and a breath and to see to figure out what the living force means and. And I think that the you know the Mortis arc is the centerpiece in many ways 
um, of the series. I mean, I guess Aunt Ahsoka and her and her arc, it, you know, the whole series could be seen as one big Ahsoka arc. Yeah. But I think if you were to pinpoint things other than Ahsoka or a section other than Ahsoka that is really the point of Clone Wars is to have Mortis be a centerpiece in that it um, can personify and at least put with in front of Anakin's face mm. the reality, in face the too. deeper in our face, the deeper realities of what's going on uh, in terms of the, the dark side, the light side, the balance. Um, that it's not this simple, you know, you know, us versus them. It's not this simple, you know, clones and Jedi's versus droids universe. Um, and I think Clone Wars tries to get that to happen, but uh, boy, is it, it's just a whole series of struggle for Obi-Wan Kenobi and, <laughs> and he's got an impossible job trying to deal with, trying to deal with Anakin. And, uh, and, you know, obviously you could say he basically failed in terms of mm. keeping Anakin from becoming, you know, Darth Vader and throughout the series, but. Uh, and throughout, you know, then obviously with the culmination being episode three yeah. uh, of the movie. I have failed you, Anakin. Well, yeah, and he says that. Um, and then it's true. He, you know, he did, mm-hmm. but it, it's an impossible job. So, you know, I yeah. think, I think uh, you know, Obi-Wan is, is a very good Jedi, and I think he does his absolute best. And, and I think the ultimate culmination of Obi-Wan's life is a perfect example of, of how good he is in that, um, you know, he finally comes to an understanding on the Death Star, sort of what his purpose is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think, uh, so Obi-Wan's a, a great character. He's a great guy. And I'm sure they'll make a movie sort of dedicated to him, which they he deserves. Soon. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just an impossible impossible task during the series. And that, that's sort of his main point, is to right. to be a counterpoint that Anakin, to just, just to shine at mirror on Anakin showing that he's heading in in a bad direction really fast. Yeah, and that was a, a great point. I mean, uh, that that undercover arc. I mean, what's interesting there is he's not afraid to get his hands dirty, for sure. But it's for this greater cause. It's for this, the sake of, of protecting the Jedi and the galaxy. And, uh, yeah, he... I mean, I mean yeah, you, like, when we... When we see this coming in Rebels, and we see this, uh, again, on the Death Star. Okay. He's failed Anakin. I, I mean, my last episode I looked at, well, was it even even possible? No. I mean, I, I would argue part of becoming Darth Vader was part of Anakin's destiny, that we, we do see a little bit of that in the Mortis arc itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, protecting the New Hope. Uh, and, and if you haven't seen the Rebels episode with Old Man Ben go see that one too. Amazing. One of my, probably my favorite episode of the series of that series so far. Uh, final question. We've touched on how Clone Wars changed the way you, you saw Star Wars. You watched Star Wars. We all watch Star Wars. Uh, maybe other than that, because I'm guessing that's probably the most important thing. What was your favorite, favorite thing about Clone Wars? Or maybe favorite arc, favorite episode? One thing you can pick out <laughs> the top of the list why you'd recommend it other than change of the way. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess you maybe want a deep answer. There, the, there, I love Cad Bane. Like, yeah, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I cannot, could not get enough Cad Bane uh, episodes. And, like, it might be a movie starring him. He, too, is, too. he is so funny and so clever, and um, whoever voices him did such an awesome oh. job. And, uh, I, you know, he, uh, you know, definitely outthinks and out maneuvers the Jedi oh, like a bunch of times and mm-hmm. like it kind of confused me that uh, somebody who you know doesn't claim to be force sensitive could have so that much that measure of success right against the Jedi and and uh, against force users um, without being a force user himself That's and uh, so I, you know and just to hit, hit the lines that he had was was fun so he, he kind of yeah. is a recurring character kind of a cowboy type. Yeah. You know, bounty hunter, but like he's you know the the the, the best bounty hunter yeah. kind of ever, and uh, and sort of you know you think that maybe in the future kind of thing he's the stuff of legends like just yeah. just uh, just kind of an unreal uh, an unreal force sort of in his own right. But I mean, I, I don't know how you can sort of not not find uh, you know Mortis kind of interesting. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. as a, as a Star Wars fan, uh, you know you have to watch that because yeah. it it really again pulls back the pulls back the covers of the whole series and of all of Star Wars period and and sort of says this is what is really at stake. I think you can yeah. there's a way in which you watch Star Wars and just sort of see it as this linear thing or it's you know a simple light versus evil story, a simple um, you know Anakin needs to figure it out so that he can kill the Emperor and or ultimately kind of win the war for the good, win it all for the good guys. But it's, you know, it's much, much more deep and rich than that. But, uh, so I guess I'll say more just yeah. Cad Bane. And then the third one, uh, is, uh, again, like I find it always fascinating when, um, non-force users can kind of com- mm. compete with force users. And one example of that to a, a degree is, is, um, is the Night Sisters and what's her name again? Mother Talzin. Oh, Mother, Mother Ventress. Although they, well, they're kind of yeah, using I mean, kind of the dark side. Yeah, I mean, Asajj Ventress, again, like, that that whole concept of Dathomir really yeah. has, I think, has a lot of spiritual connections that you can make because um, <laughs> I think it's... You, whole on them, you, 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 you can very easily because it's just sort of a, a situation where it's that classic saying, hurt people, hurt people, and... Um, mm. You know, I think that, yeah. you know, the way that, uh, you know, the way that, um, well, you know, Ventress know. was treated by by uh, Dooku and and whatnot, and you can find a lot of parallels in, uh, in how people turn into, you know, people that are hurt or like to hurt other people, um, you know, when they're not loved or appreciated and abandoned and... Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of the same with uh, with Sauvage and uh, and Darth Maul. Um, again, like there are Dathomiri necessarily bad, like on their own, or is it kind of they're created with with deep internal wounds, kind of thing? And uh, yes. I think sort of that's an there's a lot of sort of spiritual connections to to that sort of the the classic story of how a bully becomes a bully or whatever, but. Uh, right. Yeah, the, the whole Ventress arc is also pretty interesting, but uh, but oh, yeah. Okay. So my main point about Dathomir is mm-hmm. Mother Townsend, to a degree, can compete with with the dark side, with the light side, whoever that she seems to be fighting with at the moment. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the end, kind of forceful users can't tend to win, but except for the, wow. with the exception of Cad Bane. But uh, yeah, 
Anyways, I find it interesting that they can kind of compete. Well, what's interesting there is, uh, so they, they are kind of force users, the Night Sisters. They're using a kind of a dark side magic. What's interesting there is this this precursor to what's happening now a lot with, especially with Rogue One, you saw with, uh, uh, yeah, with the Lasats in, in Rebels, these different groups that are not the Jedi and the Sith. The, the Jedi, for a long time we thought it was just the Jedi and the Sith. And mostly we just saw neither in the original trilogy. But, they're, yeah, they're, they're diversifying, they're expanding, we're definitely going to see, I think there's going to be a lot of payoff of that in Episode Eight. Um, yeah, and, and Mother tells them this earlier iteration of that. I think there are more, uh, more stories about them in Legends. You can go look up. Uh, Star Wars Explained did a whole video on that. Pretty good video, um, but Mortis, I called it before we watched. It, I call it theology. <laughs> I call it saga defining. If you're gonna watch one arc in the entire series, I and mean, watch the whole series, please. If you're gonna watch one arc, watch watch Mortis. Uh, it's yeah, like you said, it, it brings it up to us because this allegory, it brings it in front of us. What's really going on? I I don't. There's debates about. Does he actually reject? Does Anakin actually reject his destiny there? I obviously can't track with that. I think he's just presenting with his destiny as this allegory, and it's his whether he likes it or not. I, I also think that about Mortis is it's presented to us a to to show peel back the layers, peel back the curtains. It also b shows how much Anakin is a horse. Huh. Uh, he doesn't see it as something deep and profound. I don't believe. I don't think he's capable of seeing it deep and profound. He's a soldier. Anakin's a soldier in this war, and that's how he sees himself. And it's just another mission to him, and he doesn't seem to understand it. And we're made to understand it as viewers deeper. Right. I don't believe Anakin does. That's interesting. I mean, and again, last episode, what a horse or lamb and victim. And this, this before Shears was silent. That's that's very interesting, Jamie. I've I've been enriched. I've learned stuff about Clone Wars. Those are great insights. Uh, again, you you know your stuff. You know your Star Wars. Uh, I look forward to coming on to your podcast and having some TFC, <laughs> yeah, and some Canada soccer. But uh, for the time being, thanks for coming on the show. Where can they find you on the social medias? Well, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter account is at Nugzi N as in Nancy, E-U-G as in Gary, S-I-E, Nugzi. And, uh, yeah, I don't really tweet about Star Wars too much. I tweet more about sports. But uh, if you love sports, and if you want to talk about Clone Wars or Pelagus especially, those two things I love to to talk about. And obviously the six movies, but everything's been said about the seven or eight movies, I guess, with Rogue One and Force Awakens now. But I'll talk about anything. Hit me up on Twitter. It'll be a great time. Thank you so much for having me. And speaking of Darth Plagueis... uh... This is a uh, bit of a bit of a little plug, I guess. I uh, was able to find so our nearby library has a little book sale, and uh, they have a they were selling giving away their for twenty five cents giving away their copy of Darth Plagueis, and I uh, you know I already have it obviously, and let Jamie read it and let some others read it, but I bought another copy. It has kind of the, the library codes and stuff like that. I thought, I should buy this just to give it away to someone. 
So here's the thing: is if you the first person to comment either on the Facebook post or the tweet or send me a line on Twitter saying I've heard this podcast and, and I want to I want to read Darth Plagueis, uh, send me a message with your 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 details, your, your mailing info, and I will send that on your way. It isn't in the best condition, but it's it's definitely a book worth reading. It's officially Legends, but uh, it's the best explanation, the best interpretation, and we're definitely going to do an episode of, of Plagueis sometime in the future. Uh, you can find me at on Twitter at NEUG485. It's uh, NEUG485. And on Instagram at MNEUG1138. And, uh, yeah, if you like this episode, I think you can also comment on the SoundCloud site. Uh, again, great thanks to my broski, Jamie. Uh, all the best when you when you go back to Regina and uh, experience Regina from, from there, from, from your homeland, and uh, keep talking from afar. Uh, get into Rebels. You should watch Rebels. Definitely guarantee you, you should like it. Uh, yeah, and so this has been episode three of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. Uh, may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>